Hey y'all, you are listening to Situationships, the podcast where black millennials from across the relationship spectrum, from singledom to divorced, share their personal stories to uncover hard-learned lessons of love. I'm your host, Randy. Hey y'all, this is Randy. I'm back this week with another story from fan favorite and my bestie, Alicia. On this episode, Alicia shares about her most recent situationship. Against her better judgment, Alicia got involved with a charming and ambitious 24-year-old, six years her junior. She talks about the red flags that she saw but chose to overlook as the situationship developed. Alicia also drops some gems about her three E's to boundary setting. It's genius, y'all. We also reference my leak several times, and if you know my leak, you know it was real wisdom we were commenting on. We finished the episode with Alicia sharing an epic, petty moment in the Do Better Corner. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and rate the pod and leave a review. Don't forget to join the Situationships Podcast Facebook community where ladies are sharing dating and relationship tips and insights they've learned through trial and error. And lastly, let's connect on social media. You can find me at Situationships Pod on Instagram and Facebook and at Situations Pod on Twitter. All right, I hope you enjoyed the episode. So, hey, girl. Hey, girl. How you doing? I'm amazing. How are you? I'm good. Glad to be here with you. Ready to hear this like tea you about to spill. Because <laughs> you know I'm going to spill it. Exactly. So I hear that you have a story about dating a young man. First of all, you're not going to act like I haven't been on this like podcast <laughs> three times. This is my third time, you is guys. Is this number three? Hey to all my fans. Right. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> as many people have come to tell me they love when Alicia comes. So Alicia is here again. I love you guys. It's my third time. Exactly. I'm so excited. She has the best stories because her life is like a soap opera yeah, a little it's, bit. It's a movie. Her dating life, at least. <laughs> um, so yeah, she's here to, to share another story, talk about some of the lessons she learned. Um, and she's got some really good insights to share with y'all. So um, let's get into it. Let's do it. So I feel like the first two times I was on the podcast, I shared these crazy, bizarre first date kind of stories. So this time I want to talk about a situationship, which I feel like is appropriate for the podcast. So I, this was about a year ago, actually. Um, I was at the gym trying to get these love handles off and back fat. And I ran into a young lad who approached me and essentially asked me on a date. So as I started to talk to him, something in my spirit told me to ask him how old he was. So he told me he was, y'all, I'm so I don't even want to tell y'all how old. <laughs> he, at the time, I had just turned 30. I'll tell y'all. <laughs> I know how old he was. I'll, I'll tell it. So he was 24. And I know, I know, I probably should have walked away at that point. However, and you kind of wanted to. And I, I did. I def- I literally told him when he told me he was 24. I was like, Mm-mm, I, I can't be involved in this. Because you said you were 30, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, uh, no, I'm sorry, sweetie. Um, I was like, you know, you're handsome. Young man. Yeah, young man. <laughs> sorry. 
Um, I was like, you know, you're handsome, but I was like, nah, I'm, I'm not into that. And, I, and honestly, at that point, I had never dated anyone that was one or two years younger than me. So three or four, let alone five, was yeah. like out of the question. Um, so six. Right. <laughs> I didn't ask you to calculate it. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so I, I had essentially turned him down and he said, listen, if you just give me one date, you know, if we go on this date and you're not into it, I'll leave you alone, but give me a chance before you just turn me down. So I agreed. We went on a date and of course it was amazing. I had a great time and I think I probably called you after the date and told you how great it was and how I really enjoyed his company. And I think the biggest thing that I really liked about him was he was just super charismatic, really funny, um, super smart, and listened. I, I just remember on the date, and I feel like I had been on so many dates at that point that most of the guys I would go out with were really into themselves. And mm. I felt like I was listening to them talk about themselves for mm. probably 90% of the date. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and I remember going on this date and him really being interested in me and not and on that's a, always a really nice feeling. It is. And not even on a superficial level, but really just curious. Want, exactly. Just wanting to know more about me. So I really liked that. And um, to be honest, I did not think about his age not one time while we were on the date. So fast forward, we had gone on a couple more dates and the first red flag was we had went out. I think we had went to go do hookah, um, a very 24 year old thing. (laughs) And um, we were talking, I don't even know how we got on the topic, but we were talking about uh, who pays for dates. And I remember him mentioning that he doesn't feel like a man should be responsible for paying for a date so it's funny I just aired a kills episode maybe like three or four episodes ago and I remember talking about this with him <laughs> oh you did I remember yes because I, I remember this conversation yeah yeah so we started having this conversation about who pays and his first statement was essentially I don't think a man should pay for dates Um, I think that if you are both, if you're both equally invested in the relationship, then time spent, money spent, everything should be split down the middle. And literally, (laughs) like, if there could have been a chime in my head to go off for a red flag, it was that. Now, I do want to say, as a millennial, I have wrestled with this idea because, you know, One half of me was raised by a very traditional mom who essentially said, you know, in order for a man to show that he's interested in you, he needs to pay for dates. My mama may have said he needs to pay for your hair and nails um, and a couple other things. So that was always my mom's idea of courting. And that's what she always pushed for me, you know, in terms of dating. So on, on one side of my mind I've always believed that that's how dating should go but I also understand as you know millennials in this generation we're all trying to figure our shit out like we're all trying to be established we're trying to figure out our careers Um, we just have a, a, a boatload of shit going on so I understand wanting to be equal in terms we also all have a lot of student loan debt that's another um episode right (laughs) that's definitely another episode but yeah so I 
I, I definitely understand that perspective as well. So my, you know, I've definitely struggled with what is right, quote unquote, in terms of dating. But I can tell you that that conversation did not sit well with me. Yeah. So that was kind of the first red flag. Um, after that, there were a couple more. So I will also divulge that we were um, intimate pretty quickly. <laughs> so we probably, I can't believe I'm talking about this in a podcast, Lord. I hope my <laughs> mama don't listen to this. Um, so we probably had sex maybe three weeks into to knowing each other i don't think that's abnormal though that's i don't like, either yeah. i don't either i don't either it's the it's the it's the prude alicia that hasn't been yeah. like shed yet so yeah we, we were intimate probably three weeks into it and prior to being intimate you know all of our dates were outside of the house and then after we had sex you know, when he would contact me to hang out, it was always, hey, what are you doing? Like, let's chill at the crib. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, oh, you've had a busy day. Let me come over and um, bring some wine. Mm-hmm. Or, ah, you don't really want to go out this weekend. Like, let's just have dinner at the it's crib. It's raining. Exactly. <laughs> it was like, you breathing. Like, right? let's have, like, you know, no. Right. right. So that definitely rubbed and me the wrong And chilling at the way. crib is easy to fall It's in, It's so dude. easy to do because... I'm a realtor. I'm busy. I, you know, I'm running around driving clients all the time. So when I get a second to relax at my house, that's great. Like I'm totally fine with Netflix and chilling. But if you're getting to know me, I need to also get to know you outside of the house. Yeah. yeah. That's really important. It's to so me. funny. I was actually thinking about that because you're the one who makes me think about that because you're really big on uh, like dates. Dates. And one of the things that you said to me, and I think it was in, in relation to this situationship, was because, you know, I was going through my, my thing and my situation <laughs> at the same time was that it helps like you have to see someone in the real world. You exactly. have to see them engage with the world because when you're in your house, you're in a bubble. You're in a bubble. Exactly. And it's cute and it's fun. And y'all lovey dovey and got all these <laughs> hormones and everything. <laughs> but when you see how he engages with strangers, how you deal with a tense situation, with a stressful exactly. situation, with something that not going as planned, you get to learn who someone is. Exactly. And I think for me, you know, it's also difficult when you, like I said, when you want to chill at the crib, when you have had a long day and you actually do want to just be at the house. Yeah. Um, so the couple of times that he, you know, mentioned hanging out and wanted to see me and them being at the house, um, I begrudgingly allowed him to come over. And so that was kind of the, the second red flag that popped up for me and then I would say probably maybe two months into it um I started to notice that his communication style was different so usually we would text throughout the day we would call each other FaceTime and then of course each other in person and that started to slow down quite a bit so it would go from texting throughout the day to maybe texting once a day to texting, you know, once every couple of days. And at first it was, it was on both of our parts because my career started to pick up with real mm-hmm. estate. So that was fine. I didn't notice it that much, but then it was to the point where I would like text him and maybe not get a response for 24 hours mm. or <clears throat> text him and the conversation would be real dry. Mm. 
And I'm like, I'm, I'm not pulling teeth. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I had asked him a couple of times, like, is everything okay? Like, you know, because I don't want to just assume, I don't want to just assume that things are, are weird. Maybe you have something going on. We all have our, our own lives and we all have shit going on. So I had asked him a couple of times, like, Hey, I noticed that things have changed a little bit. Like, is everything going okay? And he was adamant that things were fine. So that was definitely the third flag for me, third red flag for me. And this year, probably earlier this year, I got to a place where I was like, you know what? I like this person. I enjoy his company, but it's not panning out the way I thought it would. Um, I'm not getting what I want out of this. Mm -hmm. He's getting everything he wants, Mm -hmm. right? Like he can contact me whenever. I'm always available. I'm allowing him to come over even when I don't want him to. Um, You know, things are just on his terms at this point. And I was like, nigga, I ain't signed up for this. Like, I'm literally not getting anything out of this aside from seeing your face from time to time. And a couple of chuckles. And a couple of chuckles. And like, nigga, it's a lot of niggas that are funny. Right. Like, if we're we're really being honest. So I'm like, you know, it's, it's not worth it for me at this point. So I had, I think I had this conversation with you. And I remember telling you. Oh, and this was another thing, too. So, okay. Back up a little bit. I I got to a place where I was like, you know what? I'm pretty much done. One last effort. I'm going to tell him how I feel about this and just, you know, see where he's at and see if he's willing to adjust some things so we can move forward. Mm -hmm. So we had a conversation and basically I just told him like, hey, you know, I told you a while ago that these were things that bothered me. Um, You continue to do them. And I'm at a place now where I'm, I'm, I no longer allow these things. So do you want to move forward with change behavior or do you want to continue doing the same thing? And (laughs) essentially he told me, I want to continue doing the same thing. (laughs) It were a couple of changes, but it, it really was like, listen, this is where I'm at right now. And it is what it is. So in my mind, I was like, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. But like, I, I still, you liked him. I liked him. Right. I still liked him. I still enjoyed his company. So I had made the decision, the hard decision to say, you know what? Like this, this is not healthy. And I am choosing, I am making the decision to cut this off. And our last interaction was, I had texted him. I think we were texting and he literally didn't respond for like two days. And I think I had asked him, like he told me about an event and was like, Hey, you should come. And I was like, great. Like tell me information about the event. And like, he legit just went ghost. So I was like, nigga, I'm done. Like I'm done. Yeah. And he contacted me maybe two weeks later, Mm -hmm. FaceTime me and FaceTime girl, literally, 90% 90% of my body was just like, bitch, if you don't put this phone down, like, <laughs> stop it. But the human part of me was yeah. like, I'm angry. Yeah. I want you yeah. to know yes. that you did something that was wrong. And like, <sighs> that's so real. I'm done, but yeah. I want you to know I'm done. Yeah. So Let I me tell up, you about yourself. Right. So I picked up the phone and I was like, hey, with attitude and was like, hey, you know, and he was like, whoa, hey, you know, and I was like, what's up? How can I help you? And he was like, uh, you seem really bothered. So I'm going to just call you back. It's so funny because like that's not an inappropriate response. It's not. It's not. I still going to piss me off. (laughs) 
exactly no you you hit the nail on the head like it's not inappropriate but for everything that had built up in my mind yeah. it was yeah because you were like i got this this I had this, a whole this and this that you did to me and i've been nothing and i want but you to good pay to you, i want you to pay for and it and this is my one time having an attitude with you to pay you back and you're gonna take it <laughs> and he was like but I'm not. Bro. Yeah, but like, he's like, but, but, but I'm, I'm not, not gonna take I'm it. I'm not gonna take it though. Yeah, you know. And he was like, "Well, I'm gonna call." He it. said, like, "You, you mad because you allowed me to play it, in your face?" Oh, he just like, hit a nerve. Wow, <laughs> wow, 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 wow. Yeah, it, no, literally, he was like, "Hey, um, you seem really bothered. I'm gonna call you when you calm down. Um, have a good night." Damn. And I remember feeling like I had been got. You yeah. know, I was like, I, I had told myself that I wasn't going to engage with this person anymore because they had overstepped so many boundaries and I allowed them to get to me one last time Mm -hmm. and there's nothing I can do. Yeah. You know, like the power dynamic has shifted and that's it. Yeah. So I was, I was really disappointed in myself that I allowed that to happen, but it was definitely a learning lesson and you know, I haven't spoken with him since. So really, no, it's been probably, When's the last time that boy played in my face? Probably four or five months. Now? Okay. Okay. Yeah, so we we haven't spoken, and I, you know, we always talk about guys coming back around. Mm-hmm. I think he probably will. Maybe. Probably. When he's thirty, I don't know. I don't know. When but he's twenty five and a half, <laughs> like give another two months, like. But cuffing season coming. Exactly. But I. But I also am grateful for the the time that I've had because it's provided a lot of clarity and time for me to really think about how this situation played out and things that I could have done better things that you know um, he could have done better and just just how this situation could have played out differently yeah yeah so 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 what would you say is the lesson that you learned from this situation um so many but I think the biggest one is probably boundaries um I had an idea of what my boundaries were going into it and I think that I started to develop more boundaries throughout the situationship and some were communicated with him some weren't and when I did have clear defined boundaries and shared with that shared them with him none of them were enforced So I would say, hey, you know, I don't like when you contact me the same day to hang out. And also, I don't like when you contact me late at night. It gives me a feeling of like a booty call. And I'm not I'm not here for that. Right. Um, And so he would shake his head in agreement or, you know, say, yeah, I hear you. Like, I'll do better. And maybe a week later, he would hit me up the same day. And say, hey, I want to see you today. And the time would be like, oh, <sighs> I have Bible study until 11 p.m. tonight. And after Bible study, I want to come see you. Yeah. And when I should have said no, I've, I told you that that makes me uncomfortable. I'm not interested in you coming over late. I would say, yeah, begrudgingly. And I would, of course, have an attitude and be like, whatever, you know, whatever. But I would let him come over. So the message that that's sending to him is it's okay. Like you told me it wasn't, but ultimately you're going to let me do what I want to do. Exactly. So definitely boundaries. So 
Um, y'all might want to take y'all notepads out <laughs> <laughs> and your pens because Alicia has created a system for boundaries. This is fire, y'all. She told me about it earlier. <laughs> it's, it's straight fire. So it's the three E's when it comes to boundaries, right? So the first one is establishing your boundaries, which is simple, like literally creating what is okay and not okay for you. Um, and only you can tell you what is okay. Yeah. So for me, like I said, one of them was like contacting me late at night. The other one was like simple nigga. If I contact you the same day, I expect a response the same day. Yeah. yeah. You are not that busy. And you're right. Like maybe occasionally. Occasionally. Like of on course, the right, life on, happens. On average. Life happens. But like, again, I am a realtor. I am busy. I know what busy right, looks like. Right. So I make time for things that I want to make time for. And I know that it is possible because I do it. Exactly. So if you are not making an effort, then I know that it's not important to you. Right. So those are just a couple of boundaries for me. So, like I said, the first step is literally just establishing what your boundaries are. Number two. Did y'all write that down? <laughs> <laughs> Number two is actually um, expressing them. So what I found was that, you know, I would go through the first step of actually figuring out, like, what my boundaries were. <clears throat> and then this was before, like, I had a conversation with him he would hit me up like late at night and I would get pissed like livid and I would be like nigga don't you see me getting an attitude with you or right, like don't you right, see right. the the behavior that is elicited like after you can't you read my mind it, like literally literally I was like you don't see that like x causes like y like you know what I mean like I just didn't understand why he wasn't figuring out that this was something that bothered me. But then I was like, you know what? That's not fair. That's not fair. Um, at the end of the day, we all have a lot going on. And like, you need to open up your mouth. We're an adult. Right. We're adults. Excuse me. So we should be able to openly communicate. So that was my second thing. That's something I definitely, definitely, definitely. And it's away. really, it's really difficult yeah. because yeah. I'm a people pleaser. I'm Absolutely. sure a lot of people are. Yeah. And so in, in my mind, I would already play out conversations before mm -hmm. I would have them. So in my mind, I was like, okay, if I tell this person that they're doing, and this doesn't just um, go for relationships, this goes for any type of relationship that you have. Or, I'm sorry, it doesn't just go for romantic relationships. Right, this goes for platonic, friendship, yeah. whatever. Um, you know, so in my mind, I would think if I tell this person this, they're going to be really upset and we may not have a relationship after this. Mm -hmm. Like I would always take it to the extreme when really – most people are reasonable, reasonable, right? So, and if you express your boundary and someone has an unreasonable response or has a response and is like, nah, that's not going to work for that me. That tells you what you, you need to know. Exactly. And you know up front what you need to do. Absolutely. Uh, but that's, that's, an, that's another thing too, is we also get those responses and we ignore those. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another thing. But anyway, so yeah, so expressing them. And then the third is. Whew, the hardest, which I am still figuring out, and that is enforcing. So I would go through step one, step two, and I would always revert back to step two and never get to step three. Meaning that, you know, I would set these boundaries, like I don't want you to call me late at night. I would tell you, I, I literally, I don't want you to call me or like, mm -hmm. you know, hit me up late at night to come see me. 
And then when he would ask to do so, instead of me drawing the line in the sand and saying, hey, I've already expressed to you that this is something that I don't like. Um, If you want to see me at a later date at a different time, we can do that. Instead of actually having consequences for for behavior um, that, you know, did not align with what I wanted, I would go back to step two and be like, you know what? Maybe he didn't hear me right. Maybe I need to say it a different way. Damn, that's real. You know, or because you want to give him another chance. You do. You want to give him a chance to correct his behavior because you like him. You do. And what would happen is I would get it was like I would get into these parenting relationships Mm. where I'm constantly on your back about something that you're doing. And you're constantly pissed at me because you're like, I I don't want to feel like I'm always in the wrong. Nobody wants to feel like they're always doing something wrong. But I was clearly skipping step three. I was not enforcing my boundary. And that also creates a pattern of like repeated behavior. Right. So if I'm not telling you that, or if I'm, I'm allowing you to do this, you're going to continue to do it. Who wouldn't? Right. You know, especially if it favor, if it's in your benefit, you know? So. Well, one of the things you, you mentioned earlier when you were talking about enforcing boundaries is there needs to be a consequence to you, you breaching that boundary. That boundary. So like I said, like in that, in the example of, you asking to come see me late at night, right? One one way to enforce that, like I mentioned, would be, you know, I'm not comfortable with you coming over late at night. So if there's another date that you want to pick and another time, then we can consider that. Um, and then also, you know, if this is a this is something that continues to happen, right? Because I think sometimes when boundaries are crossed, it's not always intentional. Sometimes yeah. it's, it's unintentional. Yeah. But if it's something that continues to happen, you have to think about that, the access that that person has to you. Is that something you want to limit? Is that something you want to take away? You know, is this, is this a person that deserves to have your time and your attention? And that was something that I never wanted to address because it meant that I couldn't be in your company. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if I really liked you and I, I thought that we, and we talk about this all the time. We don't find people that mm-hmm. often that we connect with. Yeah, yeah. So when we find that, we feel like we have to hold on for dear life. Absolutely. So in my mind, I almost felt like I was punishing myself if I enforced a boundary because I'm like, well, if I tell you that you can't see me, I can't, I can't see, see you. You, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know? So I would avoid that at all costs and I would just always go back to two. You know, I would be like, well, let me tell you another way. Maybe if I tell you for the 30th time, you're going to let, you know, so I always would do that. And, And really what I learned is this person who I'm talking about with the situationship was very vocal about what he wanted. Mm. He, from the very beginning, set his boundaries. And I was not allowed to cross them. Dang. And it did not dawn on me, of course, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. But when I really thought about our situationship, I thought about, like, the things that he would tell me that he allowed and didn't allow. And, like, I, I had to respect that, you know. And there were a couple of times where I probably tried it, and he was like, hey, this is, this is what it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just, you know, after reflecting on our situationship, I figured out that I did not do a great job of that and that the trajectory of our situationship could have gone a lot differently. We potentially could have been friends. Yeah. Um, had I really enforced my boundaries and been very honest and 
said, hey, these are the things that I'm looking for. These are the things that I'm not. If you are not willing, willing to meet these, then, you know, how we interact will be different. Yeah. So that was probably the biggest learning lesson. It's funny. I remember this was, I was maybe still in college or had just, just, just graduated college. And I was talking to this, this little nigga. Um, and we, and that's the thing. We weren't even really talking. Um, we were just friends. Um, but I liked him and we were hanging out so much that it was like kind of turning into like a talking situation. Mm -hmm. And I remember my older cousin, she was like, you essentially was trying to tell me that you need to teach people how to treat you. Yeah. And she was like, one thing that she would say, she would be like, hey, when he call you, act busy. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's tight. I like that. <laughs> and then another thing that she said, and I don't even remember exactly how she put it, but it was like, if someone made plans with you and they don't follow through with their plan, like if they're supposed to be in your house at six o'clock and they don't show up until seven and they didn't give you an explanation, you got to be like, um, yeah, sorry, I made other plans. This is no longer going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember I did that one time. <laughs> I've done it. And I was like 21, 20. I did that one time in my whole life. But, and at the time, I didn't really get it. I thought I was just playing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I was literally just playing, trying to test out what, what would happen. <laughs> right. But the thing that I've realized now, and you know my league, my league teal, my like. We love you, my Coach league. in my head. I know, right? <laughs> But um, she always talks about a marathon mindset, and that's something that I try to think about a lot. And, like, what's the long game? What is your ultimate yeah, goal? Yeah. And if your ultimate goal is a healthy right. relationship, the feel good right. of letting mm -hmm. your boundary be crossed now of letting this nigga over your house because mm -hmm. you want to hang out, you want to cuddle, you want to get buns, you wanna get buns mm -hmm. whatever it is that's going to make you feel good right now. And that's the thing. You'll convince yourself, well, this is for me because I want to feel good. Right. Right. But is it getting you to your goal? Nope. Nope. It's not. It's, and, and so you have to sacrifice your short-term pleasure for your long-term success. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's hard. This shit ain't easy. It's super difficult. And I ain't done it yet. <laughs> like, <laughs> still working on it. But um, that's something that I, I think about a lot. And, um, yeah, it's it's hard. Like, and, and like I said, communicating boundaries is something I am still very much learning. Learning to have difficult conversations. Learning to say stuff that I know people are not going to want right. to hear. Right. Is something that is, is, is. It's I'm, an I'm art. Practicing. I'm practicing at work with them. Like, you know, like, <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's very, very challenging. And here's the thing. The more you do it, the more comfortable you'll be. Absolutely. But if you never do it, it's always going to be this thing where you get shortness of breath and like it, yeah. it turns into, and you talk thing. yourself out of it. You do when it doesn't have to be. Yeah. And I think that was one of the things that I also learned from him as well was he never had a problem communicating any of mm -hmm. his boundaries, even when it was something that was going to be unfavorable that I did not probably want to hear. Yeah. He was able to clearly communicate what he wanted and what he didn't want. And and even when we had the conversation about men paying and not paying, I think a lot of, I don't want to make a blanket statement, but I feel like many men probably would have had a difficult time having that conversation yeah. and, and stating their stance on that conversation and saying, hey, I don't really believe that men should pay. 
when I tell you the nigga was comfortable, <laughs> the nigga kicked back. Like, the nigga was like, hey, like, I don't think that men should have to pay. Period. Poo. <laughs> like, that's it. So that that was a learning lesson for me, too, that I think sometimes women have been told that we just have to take what we get. Yeah. Yeah. And that we can't be assertive and we can't have those difficult conversations. And the shit's not true. And you know what? And one thing, too, like on that same on the same point is once you once you practice it and also once you pay attention to other people doing it Mm -hmm. and you see other people doing it with you, you realize that the world isn't going to stop. Like, I think in my mind, I think you said this earlier is like. You expect people to just be like, well, I ain't going to deal with you no more. Right. I ain't going to fuck with you no more. Like, you're going to lose the the friendship, the relationship, the person, the whatever. But that's unlikely to happen. And something else that our um, fairy godmother, Malik, hey, Malik, hopefully you're listening. Right. Um, One day. So, right. Something else that she mentioned was stop taking no's and, like, yes. rejection so personally. Yes. Just because this person has set this boundary up does not mean that it was set up for, for you. you with you in mind exactly it could have been i mean it might have been <laughs> <laughs> it could have been but that does not mean that that's the case like this literally could be a boundary that this person has set for years and like it's something that they're just literally uncomfortable yeah. with and it has yeah. nothing to do yeah. with you you know and it's funny it, well because another thing i was thinking about too with me and and this is something that i'm i think i'm even like still struggling to to stand up in is and and you would you you know this about me is planning yeah like it is important to me that you make advanced plans I am not a spontaneous person and it is something that I I would like to be more spontaneous but I will always like to know in advance what what's gonna happen and that's fair that is you right and I, I don't think it's unrealistic and and like at the end of the day you plan on how to get on your job on time when you need to be there. Yeah. And you think, and it's funny cause it was, this, and this is, this is maybe being a little, um, having slightly high expectations for people, but I don't, whatever. Um, I went on a date, um, a couple of weeks ago with this dude who lived in DC and I live in Baltimore and he took the train up to see me, which I shouldn't have been like super grateful, but I was like, Oh, he's taking the train up to see me. He really right. must, whatever. <laughs> But he was like 45 minutes late. He yeah. said, I'm going to get there. At, I forget what time. He said he's going to be there at a certain time. And fortunately, I mean, I don't even know what it's called, unfortunately, but there was a wait. So I got there early. I put her name in. And then by the time he got there, we still had to wait like another 15 minutes. But I was just like, yes, it is a trek for you to come up here. And you have to plan. Mm-hmm. And you have to figure out what the train schedule it is. You're going to figure out how to get from the train station to this destination. Like, there's a lot of pieces to, to figure out. But guess what? If it was a job interview. You would figure it the fuck out. You would be there early. Yeah. More than likely. Yeah. Um, and, again, this is a first date. And so, and it's funny because I actually talked to this guy about this. Like, and this is something that I want to talk a, a, about on our, like, on the um what was it like the millennial black millennial dating town hall that i'm gonna have eventually we're speaking that into existence right exactly um but like it was it was a first date and so and it was an internet first date Mm -hmm. and so how much are you investing in someone that you met online for the first time yeah 
Um, and and what does that expectation look like? What is what is the expectation on both parties? What is a reasonable like midway point? And, and is in in is do you have to settle for a midway point? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep, exactly. Um, and that's something. I, I mean, ultimately, it's going to come down to every individual person yeah, figuring out what they course. want. Absolutely. But um, but I think yeah, I think that. I think millennials are more and more expecting things to be 50-50. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But at the same time, I think a lot of women were raised by mothers and and whoever who told them that, no, the man should be putting in more money, more effort, more time, more everything. (laughs) And I don't think that that's – I don't think some of those ideals have changed. Um, And so, yeah. And here's the thing. I don't think – and 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 that's where I think I'm starting to that's probably the idea I'm starting to settle on more is that neither one is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's about finding a person who believes in what you believe in. Right. You know? So that's that's, that's, that's I don't know what I believe in though. Oh girl. <laughs> and that was another thing too, like I I know. I feel like this question is so dragged out. Sorry. No. But Something that you mentioned, I remember coming to you and, you know, griping about everything that this person in the situation shit that I described was doing and how he should change. And you asked me why. And oh, I was like, that. because it would make him a better per- nigga. That's why. And you were like, that's not a good enough reason. Like, he has told you who he is. Yeah. Why are you trying to change him? Yeah. And I remember one not really ever asking myself that question but two not really having a good answer and I remember you saying you know the goal should not be to change him yeah the goal should be to figure out how your behavior should change in response to who he is Mm -hmm. and that was probably the first realization I had that one we probably weren't a match but two that the like what you mentioned, the goal should not be to change him. He is who he is. And he was very clear from the beginning who he was, but you know, the goal should be to figure out if I can deal with who he he is. is. Right. And you know, when I finally got to the point of understanding that I I could not deal with that, then I, you know, it was too late. Right. But I think that was a big lesson too, that you cannot change someone. Right. And, you know, they have to be who they are and you have to be who you are. And if that aligns, great. If it doesn't, you have to be ready to walk away. Yeah. And to clarify, I I don't mean, or I didn't mean that you should change who you are in response no. to someone. You should, you should just determine what your reaction is going to exactly. be based on what is presented to you. Yeah. And, and like, like you just said, like you either figure out that you're compatible, that those things are compatible. And I do think there's room for compromise. Absolutely. Um, but that person has to be willing to compromise. Right. And he, this particular person was not. He was and, I, and, I was, and I also think early on that compromise shouldn't be so extreme. I think, and, I, and I've had this conversation about compromise with some other people. I think when you're in a relationship, when you have figured out that you two are invested in each other, compromise makes sense. But when you are early on stages yeah. of dating, 
Like you need to be who you are and I need to be who I am. And we need to figure out if that meshes. And maybe there's a couple of small things that I'm willing Mm -hmm. to do that I don't really want to do so that I can see you. And so we can make this work, but like major shifts. Nah, bruh. We just, this just probably isn't going to work out and that's fine. And I remember thinking that the things I was asking for and in my world, which I think that's fine. Like they, they weren't major for me, but you know, having conversations with him about giving me enough notice to hang out, right? Like planning dates. We had conversations and he basically said, I'm not a planner. I never have been a planner. Mm. When I hang out with my friends, I call them the same day. And guess what? They tell me either they're available or they're not. Yeah. And that was probably the first time that it really resonated with me that I had a choice. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, you can say no. Yeah. I'm not you know, forcing your hand to go on this date. He was like, if I call you and you say that you're unavailable or you've had a long day and you're not able to hang out, cool. I'll ask you another day, probably around the same time because I'm a nigga, but I'm going to ask you another day and like we can be like, that's fine. Yeah. But I was like, oh, like that's how this works. Like you can literally say what it is that you want. I can say what it is that I want. And, like, if that doesn't align, then, like, we go from there. Right. Right. You know? Right. So, right. anyway, that's my answer. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's move into uh, segment two. Okay. Asking for a friend. So, what is your current dating relationship situation? Um, I mean, I know, but what, like. <laughs> right <laughs> for my fans. Um, so I I'm dating. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I'm a realtor, so I for the past I'd say couple of months <clears throat> I've been really busy. It's it's been the busy season for real estate. So coming out of the summer market, I didn't have a ton of time. So I was dibble and dabbling in like internet dating. I was on Hinge for a little bit. Um, had had a couple in-person dates. Um, but I am looking to find a partner who is um, interested in dating seriously and, you know, wants to have a partnership and that could eventually develop into marriage. So that's essentially <laughs> what I'm looking for, but... My current dating situation is, you know, I'm just figuring it out. So I'm going on dates. I'm there's, I'm not, I'm still single, you know, legally I'm still single. Right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Y'all. So, you know, I'm not locked down yet. We are going into cuffing season, so you never know what could happen. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm dating, I'm playing the field, but I am looking to date seriously. Like that's, I, I do not want any situationships. But you're not dating anyone seriously right now. No. Cool. Um, so what's the best and worst part of your current situation, your dating situation? <sighs> Probably repeating the same shit over and over. I get tired of that's telling. The, that's the worst That's part? the worst. I'm okay. sorry. That's the worst. That's the worst. Um, you know, when you're going on different dates, like you're having the same conversations yeah. over and over and over and over and over again. So you're talking about your career and what you're looking for and, you know, whatever. So it's it's like interviews, essentially. Yeah. So that's kind of the annoying part. Um, 
But dating forces you to be more social. So you get to, I live in DC, so I get to go out and be in the city more. And I do enjoy getting to know people. Like even though the the conversations can sometimes be a little dry, um, depending on who the person is, like I genuinely just enjoy getting to know different people. So that's been kind of cool. Um, so yeah, best and worst. So what would you tell your former self about your current situation? Ooh. Um, to be patient. Mm. To be patient. Because I think my younger self assumed I would be in a serious, committed relationship at this point. Um, and so clearly I'm not. <laughs> And that, but that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. And, you know, when the right situation comes along, then I'll be in a serious committed relationship. But right now I'm not. So I would, I would tell my, like the former self has to tell the the present self, right? No, your present self tells your former self. Okay. The present. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I would tell my former self to just take things as they come, you know, be patient have fun and also not feel like being single is a punishment. Yeah. Like take the time because I know that I don't believe I'll be single forever. Right. I believe that the right relationship will come along, but I do think it's important to make good use of the time that you have while you are single. Yeah. You know, explore different things, travel, get to know yourself, like be okay with dating yourself and going out by yourself um, those were things that I thought kind of were like punishments. I was like, why Lord? Like, why, <laughs> why do are my friends in like committed relationships and I have to be okay with Netflix and chilling by myself. But like those things are okay. Yeah. And I think because I'm learning to be a whole person, I think I'll be a better person in a committed relationship because I'll be bringing my whole self. Um, I'm not looking for anything else. I'm not looking for anyone to fill any voids. I'm not looking for anyone to make me happy. I've learned myself and I understand what it means to be single. And and I feel like I'll be bringing a different version of myself once I am ready for a committed relationship. That's real. And one thing that I've, and, and, and like my lesson um, <laughs> for being single, one of my lessons for being single is like enjoying that I get to prioritize myself. Yes. Like all the all the yes. time. Yeah. Like as often as I want to. Um, because I think people who I've talked to who are in relationships or have been in relationships, they're like, it's cool. You know, it, it's cool and <laughs> it has its always greener. Yeah. Right. But they were like, you ain't gotta worry about nobody. You nope. can you can go and order whatever you want for Uber Eats. <laughs> You can pick some up and you ain't got to ask nobody if they nobody. want something at home. Nobody. Um, and especially so, yeah. for me and my career, like I need to be committed to my clients. You know, my yeah, clients yeah. are priority at this point, you know, and not saying that I would not make time for a partner, but it's great to be single and a client call me and say, hey, I need to go see your home or I need you to write this contract. And I don't have any kids or I don't have a husband to cook for or whatever, whatever. Right. Or I, I didn't make date plans with anyone. Right. I can go do those things and, you know, succeed in my career. So that's important to me at this point. 
And like I said, I'm not putting any pressure on myself. Like if, if it happens, it happens. And when it happens, it happens. Right. You know, so. Okay. So let's, let's transition into the last section, which is segment three, the do better corner, Lord, which is my favorite. <laughs> um, so we all, you know, are on a journey to to do better, to be better. Um, but we had to learn. You know, we all had to come from a place yes, of Lord. lack and from yes, ignorance mm-hmm. where we um maybe wanted to do some 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 pettiness, you know? <laughs> um because we we weren't evolved yet. Um and may even still be in some of that pettiness today. <laughs> <laughs> from time to time. So what is one of the pettiest things you've ever done in a dating or relationship situation? <sighs> Lord Jesus. Um, so when I was in a relationship, I think it was almost four years ago, um, I had, what was the situation? So, okay. So we had a rule where we weren't allowed to hang out with people of the opposite sex that could potentially be interested in you, which is simple, right? Like, duh, like you shouldn't be hanging out with people that could potentially like you. Right. So I had this, uh, friend, if you will, from college who, you know, we had been friends for a while. I knew that he liked me and my ex knew of him as well. And we, the the guy was living in a different city and he moved to the city I was living in. I'm so scared to give cities. (laughs) (laughs) I want to give no info out. Okay. So the guy moved to the city that I was living in with my ex and I'm trying to figure out who this is. I know you are. (laughs) I think I know. So he had asked me out, not out, out, but was like, Hey, I'm in the city. Like my company is going bowling tonight. You should come. And of course my immediate reaction was just like, I I shouldn't be doing this. Like my ex would not be cool. My ex at the time, like would not be cool with this, but I was living separately from my ex. So he wouldn't know. And I decided to, you know, agree and go out. So ended up going out with a guy, had a great time. And at the time my ex and I were in a really rocky space and my dumb ass like divulged that information to the guy that I was, you know, hanging out with. Mm-hmm. And he was like, what? That's crazy. Like y'all not getting along, man. Like I could do a lot better, you know? Like, so it was that kind of thing. And I, I was drunk and I was just like, Hey, like, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. You know? yeah. Let's just focus on having a good time because I'm probably not gonna be able to see you again. So right. let's just whatever. First and last time. We exactly. Don't do this. Exactly. And, um, so yeah, long story short, had a really good night. Nothing inappropriate happened. Um, he he walked me back to where I was staying at the time, and that was that. So the next day, my my the uh, ex, my current ex, but my boyfriend at the time, right, right, right. we had like a brunch planned with his friends, and so went over to his place. We were getting ready for brunch, and I was getting dressed, and I had left my phone in the living room something told me I was like "Uh, that's probably not a good idea but I didn't think he had my passcode 
worked. So I thought we were good. And so I, I go out uh, from, I finish getting dressed, go back out and he has an attitude. So I'm like, what's going on? And basically he pulls up messages from the guy that I had went out with the prior night, night before, and was like, who was this? Like, you told me that you were hanging out with a person from your, I don't know, study abroad program. I told him some bullshit. <laughs> now, the good thing is I had not saved this guy's <laughs> number. So his name did not show up. It was just a number. Um, but he was like, yo, like, it seems like this is somebody that could potentially like you. Like, what's going on? Right. And I was like, I really didn't know what to say, right? So I had made up some lie, and he was like, you must think I'm boo-bootiful. Like, I, you you must think I'm damn dumb. And I was like, listen, like, it is what it is. Like, nothing happened. You know, I kept telling him that it was someone else from my program, from, like, a study abroad program from a couple years ago that was in town to visit, whatever, whatever. So he was really upset and was like, I know that you were out with some guy. You won't tell me who it is, but I'm really angry with you, and – We'll figure this out later. So we still had to go to brunch. So we go to brunch. He's not speaking to me. We were on the subway. He's not talking to me at all. We get to the place. His friends are talking to me. He's like not even making eye contact with me. So in my mind, I was like, if I let this fester and like we get back home, it's going to be a lot worse. So I was like, I have to figure something out. I'm not proud of myself, (laughs) y'all. Um, in my mind, I was like, if I fake pass out, <laughs> if I fake pass out, the nigga can't be mad, right? Right? Like, if I pass out, he's going to be I'm concerned. <laughs> he's going to be concerned about my well-being, right? Like, he's going to forget about, like, what happened. And, like, he'll worry about taking care of me. So, and my mom, I, I hate think you. I've, I've never, I, of course, I ain't never fake passed out. So like, I don't even know how to do this, <laughs> but we're sitting down and I was like, okay, I have to hold a drink in my hand and let the drink like fall out. And then I got to fall out too. Right. So y'all, I'm so oh, dumb. Lord. I literally, I, I was like, okay, now's the time. Like if people, the conversation got quiet. I was like, you got it. It's now or never. Like you got to do it now. So <laughs> I had a mimosa in my hand and literally <clears throat> he was talking to me. One of his friends had asked me a question and I was like, I'm going to make my voice get lighter. Like I'm like going in and out of consciousness. So I like lowered my tone and I like let the glass fall and I like I I wish y'all could like see how dumb I looked I like fell out the chair right like I kind of like slowly stumbled off like the, the the chair I was sitting on right so I tried to close my eyes and like slow my breathing down mm-hmm. so his friends were like what like <laughs> his friends were like Alicia you know and I was like Alicia don't respond you gotta be like you, you gotta you be loud, passed out, right? right? Like you gotta like you gotta play this out. You unconscious, right? Bitch. So I'm trying to look to see if uh, my ex is like trying to pay attention. To me. <laughs> Y'all, my ex ain't give a damn. Like he was sitting down and he was like, okay, you know. So his friends were like, yo, bro, like, hello, like we gotta fix, like we gotta figure out what's going on. So, long story short, um, he finally like comes down to where I'm at. <laughs> Hello? (laughs) 
on the floor and he's you know trying to get me up and I'm trying to like regain consciousness right I don't even know what this looks like y'all I'm trying to make stuff up so I'm trying to come to it like what what happened shut up shut up I I dropped a glass it felt like what? Why am I on the floor? Yeah, how long has it been? Shut up. You know, like how long have I been down here? Whatever. <laughs> so he tries to get me up and I'm trying to like be dead weight. Like I'm really passed out, right? I'm really trying to like get into this role. My face hurts. And, <laughs> and he gets me up and he's like, are you okay? You know, and I was like, I don't know. Like I just feel so lightheaded. Like this has never happened to me. And he's like, wow, okay, uh, you feel like you need to go to the hospital? And in my mind, I'm like, I ain't got no insurance. Right. Like, no, nigga. Like, right. uh-uh. I was like, no, no, I'm good. You know, I'm right. going to try to figure this out. So he's like, okay. So his friends are all by my side, and they're, you know, getting me to back into the chair. And, you know, uh, we're – we're trying to figure out what the next move is. And so <laughs> in my mind, I thought that he was going to say, well, hey, y'all, like Alicia is clearly like something's going on with her. We need to I'm take go- her back. Yeah. Like I'm going to go back to the, the house with her and then yeah. y'all can go on to the next place. Because I think they were talking about going to a bar. Y'all, the nigga said, um, so clearly you you can't be out. Yeah, I'm gonna put you in an Uber. He didn't even do that. Oh, he was like, "So I think you probably need to go back to the house by yourself." <laughs> he was like, "Clearly, you can't be out with the like yeah, you can't be out like, picking it. You need to rest." <laughs> I'm gonna still be out though. So, um, go ahead and shoot me a text when you get home. Damn, you know, like let me let me know you made it back. That's so, how you know that's not your husband, though. Literally, and I remember thinking. I just fake passed out. <laughs> I probably fucked my knee up <laughs> on the way down. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could have, like, it was shards of glass. You know what I'm saying? Like, I did the most. And the nigga was still like, okay, I'll see you later. And we still going to talk about the other nigga you was with last yeah, night. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So that was probably um, the pettiest thing I've done. So That's hilarious. <laughs> I'm glad we revisited that. I completely forgot about that. I have not. That told that story in so long and the funny thing is like if he he doesn't even know that I fake passed out so if yeah. he was to ever listen to this or his niggas that was at the brunch they gonna be like hey nigga what right? like it's gonna get back it would to be him. a whole thing yeah, so no, it's fine it's fine it's fine it's He's been years now life. yeah no, hey boo right wow but no like on some real shit like I mean, it may, I mean, I don't know what a husband's supposed to do. But in my mind, my husband is going to be mad at me and still want to talk about it. But he going to care that I'm fucking passed out on the floor in this restaurant. Exactly. And also, like, me hanging out, now that I'm looking back on it, right, with a sober mind. Like, me hanging out with a guy <clears throat> who I thought liked me, who I knew liked me was a symptom of something that was going on in our yeah, relationship. Yeah, I did not yeah, feel like I yeah. was being treated well. Yeah. And in my mind, I was like, I need to show you, and, and not even really show you because he didn't know I was going out with the guy. But in my mind, I was like, I need to feel what it feels like to be treated well again. Yeah, to be wanted. To be wanted. And like, I don't feel that way in my relationship. So I'm going to go out with this guy who's going to give me attention that my current boyfriend is not giving me. Yeah. So, you know. Shit happens. You fake pass out sometimes. It is. Shut up. You know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes you got to fake pass out. Like, it is what it is. 
that's how the world goes. You know what I mean? <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do. You gotta do what you gotta do. We yeah. all been there. We've all we've been all let a glass out. fall out of our hand, you know, and slid down to the floor. <laughs> we've all been there. You know? Um, but anywho, that was um that's an illuminating story. I think, you know, if you've done anything less than that, <laughs> I think you can feel pretty good about your life. <laughs> You've made good choices. No. <laughs> JK. Um, but anywho, this has been a great conversation. I know, again, multiple people have come to, come up to me after the pod, um, after they've listened to an Alicia episode and tell me how much they love listening to your I conversation you so much. and your stories. Um, I feel like so I have real fans. I'm sorry. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> she on my nerves. Um, but yeah, I, and trust me, y'all know she's going to come back. I'm going to be back. Or be. I have endless stories, no. you guys. And as I continue to date, I'm going to have even more. We should probably so. do like a top 10, you know, <laughs> uh, Alicia dating stories because they're they're good. I'm telling you, I know I know them all. <laughs> Um, but again, this has been great. Thanks again. For Thank you so much podcast. for having me. It's always a pleasure. And I look forward to the next one. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Situationships. If you like this episode, please leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcast. Become an official Situationships boothang by donating to the podcast Patreon page. I'll love you forever. And don't forget to connect with me and the Situationships podcast community on social media. The pod is on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Situationships Pod. If you have a story you want to share on the podcast, email me at situationshipspod at gmail.com. And lastly, to stay up to date on the events, stories, and news for the podcast, sign up at situationshipspodcast.com. Talk to you soon. Bye, y'all.